With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello everyone, it's Mike Lee here. Thought I'd just check in before this weekend's game against Bournemouth just to remind everyone who hasn't done so to go and get your tickets for Monday's Christmas party at the 100 Club. We've got Paul Hawksby, myself and Theo Delaney looking back at the Olympiacos and Bournemouth games. We've then got hot footing all the way from Spain, Mr Steve Archibald and somewhere from East London, Mr Garth Crooks. Reunited one more time, one of the greatest striking partnerships I've ever seen down the lane. It's going to be quite a night. We've got a quiz. We've got a bookstore there. We've got an amazing raffle with great prizes. We've got a DJ. We've got a comedian. Uh, doors are at seven o'clock. If you're Spurs Show season ticket holder, you can queue up and get in first. And as a season ticket holder, you can get to meet Crooks and Archibald after the show first. If you haven't got your Spurs Show season ticket to come to all our monthly events, just go to season.spurshow.net. And if you can't, don't think you can get to all our monthly events, never fear. You can just come to the one next Monday. Go to live.spurshow.net. They're always wonderful nights. And by you attending, it really, really really helps our podcast as well so looking forward to meeting as many of you as possible on monday come on you spurs old interview we did with Garth Crooks eight years ago with Mr. Phil Cornwell and myself. Uh, To give you some context, Harry Redknapp was the manager. Uh, We'd had an awful run, winning one out of nine just after the uh, January uh, window. Uh, Things weren't looking good. Harry was uh, tipped for the England manager job. Thankfully, uh, Harry managed to turn around the team's form and we got to fourth place in the league that season. Unfortunately, that was the season that Chelsea managed to win the Champions League, meaning that our fourth place was now not good enough to get in the Champions League. And Harry was released, let go, sacked, however you want to look at it, in June the following year. 
Here's an old interview. It's great, it's wonderful, lots of great anecdotes from Garth, but never fear, there'll be lots of new ones, lots of new anecdotes and stories this Monday with Garth, Crooks and Steve Archibald are our special guests at the Spurs Show Christmas party. Go to live.spurshow.net to get your tickets. Meanwhile, here's a stroll down memory White Hart Lane. Previously on the Spurs Show. So, Harry, another defeat at the weekend, a one win for nine. What is actually going wrong? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, you know, it was ever so difficult, you know, and I think, you know, for sure, you know, I think, you know, every, anywhere you go, you know, it's always going to be difficult, you know, and I even go, when I go to White Hart Lane, I find that difficult, you know, and this is, you know, it's all you'd have him in your side, wouldn't you? No, but I mean, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not my fault. You know, people are saying, you know, you know, formations and, you know, obviously, see, the other day I was going to do like a seven, seven, three, four, four, five, seven formation, but it, it didn't work, you know, I was going to pack the midfield, you know, unfortunately the ref noticed, so, uh, you know, I stopped that one, you know, but he said it's difficult, but there is a vacancy at Barnet. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, it's that time again. You've downloaded the uh, Spurs show with me, Phil Cornwell, and thank you very much to the uh, to um, you lot for downloading us again. Welcome to the Monathon. I mean, the uh, the Spurs show. Uh, <laughs> It's like the old days, we're loving it. It's back to normal. Normal service has been re- resumed. I was very uncomfortable with all that third place, 10 points ahead and all that. It was really uncomfortable. Uh, now I'm much more familiar in my misery, like you probably all are, and uh, we love it really, don't we? Mike Lee's here. Hello, Phil. Nice to see you. Good to see you, Mike. Happy days. Happy days <laughs> are here again. And um, again, there's a, an, a bloke a bloke in here, another bloke who claims he played for Spurs once. Uh <laughs> None other than Mr. Garth Crooks. Hello, Phil. Hello, Garth. Welcome to the show. I'm very good. I'm really chuffed to have you on. Yeah, same uh, here. It's good to be here. It's good to have proper players on, Mike. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We've had cheer for him. Mel's great, and great and players. Hazard. I mean, one of the finest oh, strikers Tottenham have seen oh. for a long, long time. Let's embarrass him. No, yes. but let's. For, let's uh, uh, 48 uh, league goals. Correct. Uh how many in the League Cup? Nine. Oh, I don't know how many in the League. No, uh, no, no, Europe, no, I nine. Oh. Uh, FA Cup, I can't tell you. But can you tell us? I bet you can't, Garth. I have you, no, you haven't. No, I, I knew you were going to say that. No. You just don't. Not just, bad, though. Not yeah, bad I'm return. very impressed, gentlemen. And very very well. You've you got to do your research. Because Garth, he's sitting have... here. Garth scored my favourite headed goal of all time. I can't know. And you'll know who it was against. What was your best headed goal? Well, the one that people always talk about is the one against Wolverhampton. Yes, 6-1. Yeah. And you're from Barry Davis. That was an absolute Bullets. <laughs> oh, I say. Yes. That's exactly how it was. Oh, said. you have to say, Barry Davis. Oh, surely. What a lovely man. What a character. No, I love, I love Barry. I've done a lot of voiceovers with Barry. That's it's very funny. good. That's yeah. very, very Is he going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say, because he does that. Oh. 
He was the greatest. I love Barry. Yeah, yeah. A very knowledgeable man, very intelligent guy as well. And yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, but that, yeah, was that when the West Stand was not yes, there? Garth, right. Do, you, you must remember opening. that. That no, was the reopening. How the off putting was it to see the buses go down? <laughs> very, very. You must have thought I'm were people all waving shot. to you. People yeah. waving to you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Expecting you to wave back. <laughs> I remember that. Mike, I was there. Walls. Was that November Yeah, no, it was the opening of the West End. So Stanley Rouse. Oh, no. But I remember going to games when the West End wasn't there. It was like yes, gone. They'd right. raised yeah, it. Yeah, that's um, right. That must have been when Garth first got there, I'm sure. The season I don't after. Know. The second season. Mm. Was it? They took yeah, it down, didn't they? They took it down. So you actually came out of that old tunnel up the steps. I did. Isn't that amazing And I was think? very proud to come up that tunnel because I played against... Uh, Tottenham, um, I think the season, the old first division season you went down is the second. For Stoke. Mm. For Stoke, and um, I always wanted to play for Spurs. Because, really? because of the way you play football. It's yeah. the brand of football. Um, and, and it was a real pleasure for me to, to arrive there in the summer of 1980. It, is that it. actually true? As a kid, you would think, or as a kid, you must have think, wanted to play for Stoke. Uh, as a kid. Yeah, that was my hometown. Then, yeah. But 67 was the first time I really took notice of Tottenham um, in the cup final. Yeah, against Chelsea. Uh, Frank Saul uh, was playing in those days. Jimmy Robertson, Robertson who was scored, playing in those scored days. the goals. Yeah. So, and that, that, that it was and the, the white strip, and it was, they were just a classy outfit, yeah. and they played such lovely football. And uh, I mean, it grew on me ever since then. I then um, came into contact with uh, that magnificent talent, uh, Glenn Hoddle. Uh, we played in the England twenty ones together. Together, yeah. He's got a hat trick, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, it, he was sensational. Was, I mean, he, he, was, was he one of the best players you ever saw on a pitch when you were playing with and thought that guy's a bit special? Um, you must play with some good people, but I played some great Hoddle. players. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, um, Alan Where Hudson, does Hoddle stand? Hudson would have been one of them. Hoddle stands oh. probably in the pl- get players I played with alongside in my top. Three. Yes, I mean, as a player, you presumably he laid the ball on for you a few times, didn't he? And then you got, you knew when he passed. Well, it, everybody right? who played in the same, if you were a striker, you played in the same team as Glenn. Yeah, um, and you'd worked Glenn out. Um, you were in for a fantastic treat of goals. If you could run onto it, if you you, you just had to be, if you're an intelligent striker with Glenn Hoddle, you were going to score a hatful of goals. If you were thick, you weren't. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Because as, as a fan, as a Spurs fan going since the early 70s, what was such a breath of fresh air when you came and Steve Archibald? And no disrespect to the strikers before, beforehand, our strike force on the whole was Armstrong and Jones, also Colin Lee, who had, and Ian Moores, had their attributes but didn't really have any pace. And they all and we goals starved, but So we were starved oh. for watching fast strikers, even before John Duncan, before that. So yeah. when you came along in Archibald, we hadn't seen speed like well, that was a, it was a great for such a long time. And, and our style of football changed because he knew he could put a ball through and you'd get on the end of it. Yeah, it was inst- instantaneous <coughs> as well, Garth, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty much you and Archie well, first game? It or? might seem that way, oh. but I've got to tell you, mm. no, it wasn't. Because I, I arrived in the summer, I had a pre-season, didn't score one goal. Never got yeah. anywhere. And the, the, the team was dominated by the midfield. It was dominated by our DLS, Hoddle, Via. They they decide when they would give you the ball, and when they gave you the ball, they'd expect it straight back. <laughs> so you know you didn't have it very long. You did exactly as they told you to do. So um, Steve, I, I remember it very very well. One particular afternoon, we are at the Chesn- the old Chesn Trading yeah, Ground, yeah, on the yeah, bottom yeah. pitch. One of them hasn't been waterlogged, 
And um, they were lending us the ball, as they usually do. Uh, and Steve Archibald, who um, could have an argument on his own in a room, <laughs> was getting more and more agitated. Uh, and I was the sort of the, 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 the guy, that, the, the, sort of the peacemaker between the, the midfield and Archibald. <laughs> uh, and I was getting a bit concerned. I'd just arrived, and I could see that he wasn't going very well. We weren't scoring many goals, and we weren't getting onto the ball. Uh, and we had a break. And uh, Keith Borkin just said, look, just have five minutes. And Steve's, man, but Steve's is in this deep Scottish accent, complaining and, and cursing and all sorts. I'm saying, come on now, Steve, I think, I think we can work this out. He said, what, what are you wanting about? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, look, when the ball gets into the last third, in and around the box, let's see if we can retain the ball. Let's see the first pass that we make is not back into the midfield. Let's see if we can find one another. And if we do, and it works, it forces the midfield to come up another mm. 10, 15 yards. Otherwise, there's no connection. Mm. And, he, and it sounded all very technical. <laughs> but that's what I did. <laughs> but that's what I did. Now, and Glenn, would, he could feed the ball anywhere he wanted to. Um, and he'd feed it into me, and I would pretty decent with my back to goal. And I'd probably have two touch if I wanted to find Steve. I'd have one touch if I wanted to go back into the midfield. So I'd retain the ball, have one touch, and I'd play the second ball square to Steve or just behind the centre-half for Steve to go on to. And after about the third or fourth pass, Glenn Hoddle turned to Keith Birkinshaw and said, what are they doing? (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 And I saw Steve Archibald's face just light up. Just light up. And Keith Birkinshaw, to his eternal credit, said, leave it. Let him carry on. And what we and did was, and that was the birth of the partnership, it. because we, it forced the midfield to step up and come and join the play. And as things developed, uh, and this is absolutely true, we took control of the last third. And, we, and the deal was, yeah. the deal was, in and around the box, we were in charge. Mm. Anywhere else in the field, you're in charge. Mm. And it worked. Ah, that's great. So it, it works, it, it, I think. So, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Notts Forest 2-0 you scored on your debut? Mm-hmm. The next game... Palace, yes, and then another game, the one after you saw. I think you scored the first three games. Yes, I did. I think that one against Brighton actually right. at home. Um, mm. Mark Lawrence played in that game straight up before he we went to right. Liverpool, um, and it was strange because right up until the start, the first league game against Nottingham Forest, I hadn't scored a goal and didn't <laughs> look like scoring a goal, and I was very concerned. How many I games is that you'd gone without scoring goal? Uh, uh, pre-season, pre-season games, about right. four or five. Oh, right, and then okay, it was that first game of the season, was yeah. it? That? Yeah, that was the first right. game against Nottingham Forest. And by, by the way, Peter Shaw. Was in goal for Horace. Yeah, uh, doesn't make it easy. Yeah. Just make it easy. No, it? no. Did you feel the pressure? You'd come to Tottenham, like you said. When when they contacted you, when they contacted your club, Stoke mm. City, mm-hmm. were you like, "Wow, Spurs are up there"? Or, but yeah, what, what did you feel about that? Because you said you admired yes, them. Yes, I did. It were you was... like, "Yes, I'm going to Tottenham"? Absolutely. Were other clubs in field? Was it just Tottenham? There were there were a couple of popular clubs. United, Ever- Everton, um, Birmingham City at the time. There was a um, uh, Birmingham definitely. I'm just trying to think. Because Scoring a hat full at Stoke, uh, you'd attracted attention. I had, obviously, I had. You? And, yeah. and we were talking about, you know, it was a record club fee at the time. I mean, it's a long time ago. At the time, mm. six hundred, seven hundred thousand pounds, mm. had a lot of money. But then it was a record fee for well, Stoke. It was nearly a million. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and and um, when I got to Spurs, yeah. it was a whole new world. But yeah. you're right. When we got the call, I remember the the, the, the late um, secretary, Mike Potts, who was a wonderful man, being very, very, you know, almost 
surly on the phone with me, off with me, because normally he'd been very, very nice with me. But now thought, he was now he was selling me. Hello, what's going on? And yeah. he said, um, you know, we've accepted this offer from uh, Tottenham, and um, you're to uh, pop in, get your boots, get all your stuff. You can go and talk. Get to your boots. And you can go and get. You can go down on Monday. And I put the phone and I went. Yes. Oh, <laughs> great girl. And, well, and you know, yeah. And you said you just briefly, quickly, just mentioned uh, Alan Hudson. Sorry, and I, I, I went over you there. But you mentioned Alan Hudson. You played with Alan Hudson. He was a bit of a, a legend, wasn't he? He was a magical footballer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Incre- on a football pitch. Um, I mean, again, visionary, like vision, a visionary. Yes. He could see things. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. Two moves. That was before at the end, happened. wasn't it, Garth? Of his. No, no. He, he then went to he went to Arsenal after he left Stoke, and then he went to I think a very very brief uh, spell mm-hmm. back at Chelsea before he went back to Stoke again. So I mean, Alan was a tortured soul. I know he was. He was, yeah. a, he was a he, he was a magnificent player. Um, a lot of demons. The ball at his feet. You couldn't get the ball off him. It was a bit like Gascoigne in that respect. You couldn't get the ball off him, uh, and he'd almost release it at will. Um, yeah, yeah. And his link up play with Jimmy Greenoff, the great limited Green, Jimmy yeah, Greenoff, course, yeah, who right. played for Stoke and Manchester United yeah. at the time, was fantastic. And I learned a lot from Alan in terms of being able to move away from the ball. Did you? You learned uh, a lot, you think? Yeah. And a lot from Jimmy Greenoff to play with my back to goal. How great to be with a young lad like yourself, just in with those guys. You must have been like, whoa. This well, is, that's this where is. I learned my trade. Yeah. That's exactly where, and I, you know, Jimmy Robinson had joined the Stoke City by that time. Great winger. Um, in his, watching did you his used to movement. get treatment, guy? I mean, how tough was it, mate, as, as a kid, you know, playing for... Did you just get kicked up, or kicked up in the air a lot? Did they tar- target you? Well, of course they would, I suppose, oh, well, as a young... I mean, like... It, it, I mean, and this how is, was that for well, you? Well, it was... No, you're absolutely right. As, as a young kid playing in that very competitive environment, you had to learn how to survive, like yeah, anybody else course, in a working I mean. environment. You're absolutely right. And you worked it out. Mm. Um, so it, it wasn't difficult because I was quicker than most uh, and I wasn't a bad player so when I got into the, to the first team as a young kid I had a lot to learn but I enjoyed playing with the senior pros it was a great thrill for me did you find everything happened more quickly though once you got to that level did, did things happen more quickly did you have less time to think because that's what I'm amazed about the intelligence of footballers actually not their academic intelligence mm. necessarily but just their intelligence as players how, how, how little time you have to make the decision well, as well, to what you're going to do with the, the ball absolutely <laughs> yeah. and, what, and when you haven't got the ball I remember, I yeah, remember you... I was playing for Stoke and I hadn't played more than two or three games very nervous you know suddenly you know you remember yourself standing on the terracing watching your team Suddenly, you're in the team looking up at your mates. Mm. So very, it's a very strange situation pressure. for that to happen. Yeah, it is. Pressure. See what you can do. Yeah. yeah, but because you, you know, you're so confident, and you know what you're doing on the football field. It, it, it's not that pressurised to you. It might be to your mates, but not to you because they're feeling it for you. But I distinctly, I distinctly remember um, being in what, playing one game. And John Mahoney, who played for Wales, I remember Stoke, him. Yes, great I midfield know of him. player. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I was struggling. I was. I, it, it, the game was twenty minutes old, and I was struggling with my, my lungs. It was very, very intense. It was a hot day, and the pace. I was feeling the pace. I hadn't played more than three or four first team <clears throat> games, and a lot of people don't realise the difference in, in intensity right, from right. a reserve team to a first team uh, to a match. And I, the ball went out for a throw in, and John Mahoney just said, "Now get your breather in." Get your breather in now. And it, it was so, so simple that when the, when the ball goes dead, you relax, you get your breath back in. When the ball comes yeah, back in play, yeah. away you go. So you, you, you start to work out these little tricks when you can actually take a breather when you can't. You know, you get back in position, um, you know, immediately after a situation happens. Don't do it. Don't wait. And then you're struggling to get in position. Do that first. But you and learn have your, that. And have your breather. So you learn that. So, you, so the, well, well, no, the, the senior pros are helping you. 
yeah. to come to terms with that. And those are the things that they can... It's the only things they can do, really, because you're very much on your own. you got to learn own. on the job. Mm. Mm. you mm. got to learn, yeah. I mean, did you, did you feel truly alive when you were playing kind of that? that obviously, you must have loved that. I mean, when you stop playing, that's... I don't know how that is. It's different for different people. But when you're playing, the intensity of it, the crowd, all of it, it must be just magnificent, Mike, mustn't it? Just that... Mm-hmm. We'd all love to do it, Garth, and you know that, mate. Yeah. We'd all love to bang it in at Wembley. And then all that, and people always ask... I know you did. And people probably always ask you, what does it feel like and all that? And it probably happened so quickly... Uh, uh, you were quite excited actually when you scored. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember. It, that. I loved that goal. Do you remember that goal? It was my dream. City cool. against City, course, of course. Right, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's every boy, every every boy uh, boyhood's dream is to score at Wembley. So Wembley. When, it, when it happens, you're living it. When that ball goes in the net, you must have. I still watch replays and think it's going to go wide. It was such an important <laughs> goal. It was. Well, it was on, such. It was a bit, we were out. It was ten minutes to go. We were struggling. Like, we were struggling. Even we're that replay. Did you sort then. of nip it off Archibald or something? <laughs> what, what was well, that's what he says. <laughs> yes, that's but his you, story. But you that's did right. a bit, you did a good job of it, and uh, yeah, that game. Jeez, man. Yeah, it was a, a great support. game. It was a great. Well, game. it was a great game. It must have been great to be part of, obviously. And everyone remembers the goal, of course. And we've had Ricky in here, of course. He's an absolutely lovely, lovely guy. Um, and just to ask you just briefly about, the, about, about Keith Birkinshaw, um, I just wondered how great, just excuse my naivety, how great a tactician was Keith Birkinshaw? Um, he wasn't a great tactician. No, so what was his thing? Yeah, his maybe. thing was um, he knew a good football when he saw one and he knew the jigsaws of the puzzle, but he knew how to assemble them. Lots of people probably get, all, get all the jigsaws and then struggle to put the jigsaw together. He put the jigsaw together. Yeah, he went, did, didn't he, There Mike? it is. Go and play. Mm. Yeah. Well, all the pieces, I've now assembled them. Go and play. Who, do, who, would, have, who would have played Tony Galvin in that side, mm. other than Keith well, Bergeshaw, uh, who was the, the, the antithesis of so much that we were about, but yet so important? Mm. So important. Yeah, I know. What a team that, that yeah, sort of absolutely. came together. This is what happens now. Coming to modern day Tottenham. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting you say that because, Garth, a, a lot on this season, we've had so many guests on this season during the good times of the season, and pretty much everyone who sat here, some people have said the current Spurs, this is going back a few weeks, obviously, some people have said the current Spurs team, some people have gone as backers, mm. is the best team since the early 60s. Most have said, including myself, it's the best team since the 1981 team, because the 1981 team, Won things. Would you? Would you? Would you agree with that? That's the only distinction between. The, I, I've sat and I've watched this to current team, and I would argue that probably Glenn and Ozzy were getting that team. Um, Steve Archibald were getting that team. Ricky Veer would get in that You'd team. probably get in. I'm not sure. I think I, I'm a big fan of Adi Bayor. I'm a, oh, I'm a, I'm I a big, great, big yeah. fan of Adi Bayor. Mm. He perhaps doesn't score as many goals as I did for, for games, but, but you know, I think what he gives the team is a, is a, is a huge, huge dynamic. And I, I was going to talk about Gareth Bale uh, later, later on, but mm. he, said, he said the dynamic that he gives Tottenham is huge and it's yeah. something that they desperately needed. Mm. But we won't be able to hang on, hang on to it. Bring it forward because we've had 200 emails coming this week, much along the same lines. Fans now are not happy with what's going on. It's one win in nine. No one, no one saw it happening. No one could predict yeah, what's happened. What has happened, basically? What in, it's in a your, combination, you know, Garth, I'm sure. But well, what, come on, what is do you it think? Isn't it ironic? Today I'm coming in to do this podcast with you guys. Now I'm, I'm also doing, doing um, getting, interviewing Gareth Bale for Football Focus this Saturday. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're in, in the UK and you're watching, uh, if you've got an hour's spare, Tune into Football Focus on Saturday because he gives a very, very candid interview. Because that's the first question I asked him. You know, you know, what's going on? <laughs> what what well is done, mate. what is happening? Yeah. 
and he gave a typical football answer. Well, it's um, you know we're having it very difficult at the moment. I know that, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, um, you know we've lost a bit of concentration. Yes, yes, I know that as well. Um, the, the, the core question was what's happening in the dressing room mm. was or, or the, the very fact that. Harry's been linked with England. To what extent did that disrupt yeah. the dressing room? Thank you. I think that's And he was very key. honest. And, 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 and without being explicit, he did say that they did, the players in the dressing room, it was a buzz around the dressing room for two days. Mm. Now, my interpretation of that is, um, is Harry with us or is he not? Is he, is he, is he, is he still in it? Because if, if his heart is not in it, well, what's that say? And, and, and my, my experience of, of players in dressing rooms, it's a fragile environment. And if there is the slightest crack in any of the parts, mm. then the equilibrium is all and over it, the place. And it becomes a bigger crack. Garth, it does, I guess. absolutely. Yeah. And so Alex Ferguson said in a press conference that when he mentioned he was going to retire... It affected the dressing room. Yes, actually. So you know, True. I'm in. I'm in no doubt. It's my conspiracy theory. Go on. Hit this is that is that the, the, the England, the you know, the poison chalice has has been at it again. It's 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 upset the the balance in that Spurs dressing room because up until that it was flying. Absolutely Even when he was fine. going through his court case, there no. wasn't an issue. No. No. Uh, and then suddenly, you, it's almost unexplainable. I've, I've never seen. I've never seen a collapse like. Boy, and I've seen some collapses following Spurs over this. I've never seen a collapse like it with players that we know are good players, are great players, and. <sighs> Okay, we, 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 before we, we go on to other stuff, and we've got loads of questions about Garth and his career. We, we've got so many people want to talk about stuff. Firstly, I think it's important to... to the, the majority of the emails we get at the moment are obviously very anti what's going on, very anti-Harry. Uh, but Alex Lally's written in. Uh, he, he's disgusted by the negativity on this podcast <laughs> over the last few weeks. Um, I thought the return of Phil to the podcast might change things, but no, the presence of Mike has caused Phil to act as he's suicidal as well. Uh, I suggest change the Spurs show stuff get rid of Mike I'd gladly go if someone else would do this anyway. oh he doesn't want to get rid of me though anyway he, no no he likes you but he's sort of saying we've got to be positive um, we need to get behind the players they need to know the positivities there well I don't think many of the current players um, and it's listened to the show I don't think we're actually affecting what's going on the pitch but we only we are only mirroring what people are writing in about the yeah. majority of people yeah. here, but here, thanks here. but, but this thanks is, mate but this Fair show play. is a broad church it and we will take church. all kind I, of views. I mean the one thing I've always noticed over the years with Spurs fans is that there's there's no middle ground we're either hysterical mm. and this is fantastic it's the best football we've ever seen isn't it wonderful <laughs> you know or we're like. depressed we're suicidal it's all going to come to an end um, and it's the reason it's because because when we when we are playing well and you know and we're winning games and the football is glorious and, and, mm. and you know these last twelve months it has been glorious in the Champions League it was glorious you know we we, we took Newcastle apart yeah that took was the them last apart. probably the best team we performance took of, of yeah, the it was. season it was a great game that so it builds us up it raises our hopes to such a, situ- a situation and then suddenly when it all falls apart we we, we don't know what to do. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it's not always, our fault. It's, it's not our fault. Uh, I've got a question for Garth here from uh, David Harris in Hong Kong. That's how, uh, you know, how much of a broad church this show is. Um, anyway, he says, I'm a regular podcast listener in Hong Kong Island. I have two questions for Garth. One, yeah. 
How good did it feel latching on to the Lord our Hod's majestic, majestic through ball, slotting it past Paul Bradshaw and running into the ecstatic Spurs oh, throng, congregated in the North Bank for our second. Magical. You know the game, obviously, yeah, against Wolves. Magical. Magical. Yeah, was, I, I was always. T- I, my, my, my only failing in life, well, not only failing, but one of my failings in life was <laughs> I would. I, I did play to the crowd. It perhaps doesn't surprise you guys, but I did occasionally play to the crowd. I mean, I just loved Love it. the. Love it. That thing that you have with you know your fans, I distinctly remember it. Remember it at, at Hillsborough the semi-final. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were there in their thousands, and you went out before the game. And there's this, there's, there's this connect, and yeah. it's a magical connect. The fans often <coughs> tell you, you know, that they feel it because it's they 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 really will go to all sorts of lengths for their team. Occasionally, the players feel it too. Really feel it too, um, and certainly in that semi-final. I mean, scoring. I think it was the the um, the first goal in and the replay. In in the replay, the hybrid. It, hybrid, and where better <laughs> if you're going to win a semi-final match, where better to do it? Um, was just yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Was it, which because it was three 0 wasn't it? Three 0 That was yeah. the replay. Yeah. 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 yeah when, when you when you ban the ball in the net, for example, it, it, was a lot of your goals instinctive, or were you sort of that split second thinking about where you're going to put it? Um, generally instinctive. Mm. Um, uh, the only time I ever really thought about my game is when I was trying to work out the position to take up, where I thought the ball was going to drop, where yeah. Glenn, yeah. Glenn Glenn was so capable of hitting. Any part of the position, uh, any part of the field, at any given moment, mm. he was the only player I've ever played with who could ever do that. And I distinctly remember playing against Coventry City at home, and it was a game. I mean, I mean, it was uh, Danny Thomas eventually came and, came and played for us, um, but at this time he was playing for um, for Coventry. And I remember Glenn, I was standing the furthest part of the field deliberately. <laughs> to see whether Glenn could hit the ball mm. Because we, we had so much of the ball we, we won the game pretty easily But I, I got to a stage where I was also almost becoming bored because, mm. And I'm watching Glenn play And I'm thinking, let me go and stand over here And see if he'll see me He doesn't only just see me You know, he swivels and hits this 40-yard oh, board you know. And did you have to adjust yourself at all? Really? Well, not really it, because to control well, it well, in those it days I mean, We used to play with, with, with the Minerva ball Do you yeah, remember the Minerva yeah, ball? Yeah. No, and, and the ball? The ball didn't spin You just saw Minerva coming to you from 40 yards and just you know, mm. boom, and there it was. Uh, he, he, he hit the ball so magician. true, yes, so true. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, he was, you know, and there's lots and lots of stories <clears throat> of, of of Glenn that did remarkable things in training. You know, when mm. the pressure was off, he'd try things. Um, we you talk about the semi final. He tried a, a free kick, and uh, on the, the 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 we played. Um, Wolves on the Saturday at Hillsborough on the Thursday we are having our final training session at Chesant and he's, he's trying free kicks and we all set up and he's putting them all over the place <laughs> and he tries a particular free kick where he looks in one corner and puts it in the other so we we watch him and we go where he, we think he's going to put the ball <laughs> and he puts it in the opposite corner and people who've got a very good memory will remember at Hillsborough when he scores the free kick on the edge of the box we, the players, get extremely excited because we know what he's capable uh-huh. of and what he's done. And we thought, <laughs> he hasn't got the bottle to do that here. Mm. And of course, he sends Bradshaw the wrong way. It's exactly the same. <sighs> and you watch him, if you watch any of Glenn Hoddle's um, uh. um, games, he has a routine when he has a free kick. He'll place the ball down and he might even turn the ball 180 degrees one way or the other. Just yeah, to, yeah. He's just going uh, for yeah. a routine. Like a ritual. He'll, yeah. A ritual. He'll, he'll tap his toe on the yeah. turf, step back 
so he's going through that ritual as, as you talk about Johnny it. Wilkinson like almost absolutely <laughs> you know and we're uh, all waiting to see if he and of course he buries it ironically that game he was the one who gave away the penalty right at the end when Kenny Hibbert died and he Clive didn't Thomas, give it away exactly Clive, he died. Clive Thomas uh, gave the penalty uh, going back to present day Rob Nathan's written hi Rob uh, good old friend of mine nice to hear from you um, I had the misfortune of attending the game on Saturday at QPR uh, was there an executive box was there two hours before kickoff for the first time in years nice and early and I sat and watched the players do their pre-match drills what was completely obvious from the warm-up that was um, was the, atti- the difference in attitudes between the QPR and the Spurs players seeing it was a massive game for both you would have forgotten <coughs> for thinking that Spurs um, would have been more, more intense but it was QPR went through a rigorous warm-up high tempo keep ball sessions rotation shooting practice um Unfortunately, Spurs was more laborious routine of chatting and they occasionally stretched the leg while leaning on a colleague's shoulder. By the time the, by the, time the players came off the pitch, it looked like Cooper had already played 20 minutes and were raring to get the game started. We looked a world away. This reminded me of the Spurs of old. The Spurs who went out knowing that trips to places like QPR, Southampton, Derby would, would yield us nil-nil at best. The David Howells days of me- mediocrity. The problem to me is not fatigue, not a, not a lack of tactical know-how, but an inherent attitude within the camp that summer is soon, so let's get these few games out of the way. We're psychologically uh, shattered and the end mm. of season seems to think on a lot of the players' minds. It's thoroughly depressing and I know how you guys will draw any clumps of comfort from this one uh, I look forward to 35 minutes of misery driving home tomorrow well is it is it, is it the old on the beach thing again is it that it should be I mean we, you know, we, 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 we you know, could mate. get on, to the Champions it? League I mean there it's not like le- it's, it's no. not like a mid-table we're not mid-table team <laughs> there is a letter of desperate frustration I know, I know. He's, he's, um, the poor fellow is going through I mean I mean, I, mean, I take the view and, and I hated it you know you're, you're, you're when you're going for silverware honours then it's, the, the motivation is, 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 is self-evident when you have had a long season mm. and you feel as though um, you need to be on the edge, but you don't want to be on the edge, and the manager's got to get you on the edge, but he hasn't got to lose you, mm. it's a tricky balancing yeah, act. Now, yes. I've, never, I've not been a manager, but the more I interview managers and the more I hear their difficulty, particularly yeah. with a modern player, it's very, very tricky. Mm. Um, so I feel for Harry in that respect. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. If players don't realise that the Champions League is worth, you know, everything, um, mm. then we have a real problem. Um, and mm. Bale, you know, what was the, the biggest worry for me today, interviewing Gareth Bale, when I asked him about, if we don't qualify mm. for the Champions League, Gareth, will you revise your position at Tottenham Hotspur? To which he said. And he said, we'll see. Which mm. means, yes, he will. But, there but you it's go, the players yeah. that are meant to be getting us there. And again, going back to the QPR game, what I found so upsetting and disturbing was the attitude of the players throughout the game. The only time I saw any passion was when Vanovart missed a great chance and started thumping the ground like it meant something to him. Otherwise, you know, I was very disappointed. I, and was very, I, well, Daniel Wilson's We're not scoring written, enough goals, clearly, are we? <laughs> Daniel Wilson is one of, unfortunately, many people um, who've written this week saying how he has to go. Um, he cites the England job. He cites um, his bad tactics. And we've all talked about the 4-4-2 and, and yeah. the mistakes. He also cites the transfers, the players that we let go in the January transfer window. Chorluka, Pavlachenko, Stephen Pinar had a great game for Everton. These are all things he, he blames. Well, I think, all yeah, things he uh, blames on on Harry, and uh, and he thinks he should go now. We should get it sorted now while these games are going on. And I have to add, I have heard very strong rumours today. There are plans afoot to maybe change things around. 
because the, there was, as, as Garth has already touched on, there is a big, big rift at the club at the moment for what is going on. Which I'm, I'm sorry to say, well, where we were, is, one win in nine is I know, relegation And, and for. Dave, Dave Bassett has been spotted going into the <laughs> West End. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to. Anyway, um, Garth, there's another question. I feel I should ask you this from Steve Paul, who's actually uh, emailed in this question, and it's quite, quite a funny one actually. Just said I was recently watching the 1981 FA Cup final replay against Man City. As you do uh, for both of Ricky Villa's goals, I noticed that you took air shots as you watched him get into. Oh, Garth's identifying right. with He's this. Yeah, on. as you yeah. watched him get into scoring range and address the ball. Do you still take air shots when you watch football on TV at home? Absolutely. I, I, think so. I mean, the only thing I have. He in says common... you're a legend, by the way. That's He's not very having kind a go of you. Uh, the only thing I have in common with Sir Alex Ferguson is that we we head every ball, we mm. kick every ball, we. And it's terrible. I had a terrible. It's like experience. a Tourette's thing. Almost, almost, yeah, it's almost. Yeah, it like, is. Come on, come on. Yeah, exactly. All of that. I had a terrible experience of the day. I went to see QPR versus Swansea. That wasn't terrible because QPR won it and they played very well. But I'm sat in the director's box. Now, if you want to be emotional, expressive, do not. Do not sit, sit in the, in not the good director's look, box. <laughs> they didn't. Not only did they not say a word, they didn't even fidget. <laughs> didn't move. What are you doing? Shifting about. Oh, I wanted to get up and curse <laughs> and point your finger and tell it. And no one moved, said nothing. It was horrible. I couldn't wait to get out of the place. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, what else you got there? Here, Mike, there's another one here. Just before. Yeah, no, yeah. The, to, to, let's do these two last ones on the whole Harry thing, then we'll talk about yeah, happier we've times. Yeah, got f- five minutes left here. Uh, Neil, Neil Oakes has emailed us. He said, uh, Hi, guys, getting be- the show's getting better all the time as the moaning increases. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I think you can't beat a good moanathon because we sat here for weeks going, Aren't we playing well? Yeah, we're great, aren't we? I think, we've, made, I think we've been very measured this evening. I think we have been very measured. A few things you might want to add into the debate about the quality of Harry as manager. One, he was stating with six games to go we needed to win all our games then we lost so we needed to maximum points from five games now after the QPR debacle uh, it's we must win the remaining four Uh, two Harry has been saying all uh, in interviews all season that the next game is going to be tough no matter who the opposition is is, uh, he is doing it again about Blackburn at the lane Harry we are trying to be a top four team Blackburn are in the relegation zone this this should not be a tough game it should be a banker I don't agree with that necessarily but uh, three nearly all our com- competitors for top four finish strengthened their squad in January we got cover for Ledley uh, 33 and uh, with a Blackburn reject 35 four Pinar has had a new lease of life back at Everton under one of the managers who is possible replacement for Harry uh, five the only Spurs manager one of the only ones in living history to go as long without a win was Juan de Ramos yeah. that's from Neil Oakes um, read the interesting, next one out quickly read the next one out Phil because it's also linked to the it's also other points in the which, which one this one the hoops hoops one yeah oh, that one about yeah. yeah okay here we go this is from Daniel Wilson he says uh, where, where, where to begin this time uh, the lack of rotation or use of our squad the fact that we have three quality young centre backs out on loan while Friedel, Gallas and King have a combined age of well over 100 <laughs> the fact that Van der Vaart is still taking corners uh, there are too many practical and obvious criticisms now let's begin with three comments which sum up why it's falling apart in a particularly ugly way one I can't sit here and fault the performance 
performance. We pummeled them. This is what this is Harry in, in Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, I can't sit here and fault the performance. We pummeled them. Uh, we could fault the performance. No, we didn't pummel them. We gently tickled them. We haven't created decent chances for the last ten games. This is more worrying than defensive problems or anything else. Equals denial. Two. I felt we were too small up front today. Equals uh, publicly insult our top scorer when he had no service whatsoever due to your formation and other players, example Van der Vaart, going missing or being exhausted. Three, no disrespect to the bench, but that's all we had today. Yeah, public disrespect and undermine the confidence of our squad players. Why haven't you rotated our squad or made sure we had cover for key positions? Poor tactics, poor, uh, poor signings, poor subs, poor management, poor excuses. Mm, it was always talked about we had we had one of the best squads Thanks, Dan. in the top five, top six, which sadly now when we've needed them hasn't really tallied true, has it? I've always believed that if you win matches, they can cover a multitude of sins, and if you don't, mm. all those sins come to the surface. Of course they do, mate. So, so I, yeah, I take all it's... the criticisms on board, I take you know all the suggestions, but the fact of the matter is there are four team games left to play, three of which reside in the bottom six of the of the table. If we are serious about getting a Champions League place, you've got to those. you've got to bomb those. Now, mm. I'll even accept a point against Fulham because you can't tell me that Martin Yol is going to come back to White Hart Lane <laughs> and not do everything he can possibly do to make sure that we don't get a Champions League spot. That's life, I understand that. But we should be getting ten points from those four remaining games. Yes. That gets you in the Champions League. You think league. so? You think Newcastle will lose either Chelsea or one of their games? Newcastle might lose one Man- of us. They've got Man City at home final game of the season. That's a, I mean, that's the cup final of, all, of, of monumental proportions. Mm, if City can yeah, still They've win. got Chelsea. I expect, I expect uh, Newcastle to pick up four more points. That's it. That's them done. Mm. So I, I think that Spurs, the points are on the board. Spurs can still do this. I can't see us winning a game, Garth. Well, that's the, the problem, Garth. I, 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 I agree not with you, Mike. I can't. Look at QPR. We should have murdered QPR. We gave away a poor goal. Again, what, you know, the mistakes Mike. at the back. We all Body saw. language You know, we're at our best when we're at our worst. Suddenly, no, they can, you right. know they can click it on. You know they can happen. <laughs> and all is forgotten. You know that. You've been watching them too long. I hope you're right. Let's go through bits of business. Don't forget you subscribe at spurshow.net. Really helps us out. £1.50 a month. Uh, just click the small subscribe button in the bottom of the page and set it up. That really helps. Um, yes, yeah, Spurs Show Live has moved to... We've had to move venue. 100 Club double booked us. Um, it's still Monday, May the 28th, but it's now the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. <laughs> about that, girl? Generally it's is. good, isn't it? Big chip's Glamour. coming. Big chip. It's good enough Terry for Big Chip's special guest all the links at spurshow.net um, next week is our guest Paul Hawksby from Talk Sport. Yes. Oh, lovely! Hello, Always Paul. good value. Uh, that's pretty, I've got another yeah. question here for Garth. Quite an nice interesting one. question. Hello, this Paul, for listening, mate. For Matt Davis, Garth, I'm a Jewish player that plays semi-pro football and still gets quite a lot of racist abuse. Mm. But I feel at the top level, this is totally clamped out now, and players and fans are much more vigilant towards this. Do you think that England is now completely rid of racist abuse of black players, particularly after what's happened with Suarez and John Terry? Mm. I'm assuming in your day you received a hell of a lot worse. And Evan Ferdinand got mm-hmm. yeah yeah massive la- question now Garth, yeah, it is. It, mate, the, the, la- the last point I think is I would agree with you know we used to, we get a lot of that things have changed dramatically over the last twenty years um, I'm a trustee at the Profe- Professional Football Association I'm also a trustee at Kick It Out and I cannot begin to tell you the changes 
in the game, both as fans and as players. Now, we've had two very, very high-profile, rather unfortunate situations, but that doesn't mean the game is rotten or that we've gone back 20 years. We haven't, because the response from within the game and outside the game has really been right at the very top, and they've attacked it. Now, that's not to say it's been totally eradicated. Um, I'd be very foolish to try and suggest that. But what we are doing is, first of all, we're keeping pace with any changes. Um, We're making sure that we keep it, you know, we keep a lid right on top of it, both as uh, in the the ground uh, and on the field. And the response from the players... In, re- in relationship to what's happened has been immense. Now I can tell you, yeah. it's not very, yeah. it's not been very high pro. Sorry, it's not been very public, but I can tell you that the the PFA and its members are absolutely adamant that they will not have any racism within their ranks whatsoever. Now they have allowed the situation regarding John Terry to take its due process. Whatever happens, happens. If he's acquitted, he walks. If he doesn't, he'll have to take his punishment. Yeah, fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. No, Good answer, Garth. Absolutely. That's great, mate. Um, one, so one thing I forgot for on really sorry. Uh, going back to Spurs show subscribers, if you subscribe, um, the subscribers, there was a competition to win a Gareth Bell signed shirt. I've emailed the winner. I don't have fun to me. But we were also offering two free tickets to Spurs show live to Spurs show subscribers. They were asked um, in, because Graham Roberts is our special guest, in 1986, which Arsenal player did he dump into the hoardings at Highbury famously? You probably played in that game, actually. Um, 86. You, you might be United then. I don't know. When, when did you go United? When did you go, man? I, know, I, I went to 85, wasn't 84, it? 85. But I, oh, I came gone. back. I came back straight after that for another mm. another season. Um, he famously it, dumped a well-known Arsenal striker into the hoardings. Which Charlie Nicholas. Correct. That was the answer. And the winner, Peter Curtis <laughs> of Epsom. Peter, you've won two free tickets to Spurs Show Live on Monday, May 28th. And Garth, when you went out to Old Trafford, <coughs> was Ron Atkinson there? He was. I was trying to work out who the manager was. You had a short spell was, there, didn't yeah, you, mate? Did. It was extraordinary. Yeah. I, I had a period there, and it was an incredible <laughs> period. Over the Christmas period, we, we uh, I didn't play many games because Spurs weren't sure whether or not they were going to let me go and I was going to actually sign and for how much. So I didn't play any UEFA game, European games. I didn't play any, I wasn't cup tied by United. It was just purely league games. And I was only there to cover that Whiteside and Hughes, the prodigious talent that is Mark Hughes, yeah. wasn't quite ready. I mean, he, when he burst on the scene, he was a huge, he was a, a magnificent mm-hmm. player. But I remember going to Ipswich and uh, for Man United, um, and we beat them 2-0. I mean, Butcher and Osman played. Um, uh, good Ipswich side, yeah. A, yeah, Brazil played. They were a very, very good Ipswich side. And, and Manchester United, I think this is in the, the, the Christmas of 84, we went top of the table and Spurs were third. Mm. So I'm this lone player from, uh, from Tottenham Hotspur playing for Manchester United. I scored the second goal. I put United on top of the table and my colleagues and my club a third. Uh, that wouldn't happen now, Garth. It, it's it was, not allowed. It was extraordinary. <laughs> well, it was very, very strange. True, yeah, true. It, well, it's true, a very good example, actually. Actually, you're right. It would happen mm. now and it has happened now. Mm. So there you go. I love being wrong. All right. We better wrap this up, Phil. <laughs> we better wrap this up. It's, it's been, been a great show. Fantastic. Absolutely and, uh, fantastic. And mayhap, uh, Garth, my 
Knight's ret- Garth Crooks Please OBE, do. I should say. Oh, yes, and well, there you go. Well, he well, insisted, insisted on being addressed like that when he came in the door. You <laughs> oh, that's a lie! It's a lie! <laughs> no, it is a lie. You know that somehow, don't you? I have made that up. Um, we, we hope maybe Garth might come on the show again. Absolutely. Because there's upon a it's lot lovely. more to say. No, God, I insist upon it. It's, it's been great to, fun. To have you on, mate, and, and nice one. And Mike, definitely out. <laughs> <laughs> This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Hi, it's Garth Crooks here. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you at the Spurs Show Christmas party on December the 2nd at the 100 Club, alongside my old striking partner, Steve Archibald. I suppose I'll be doing all the work again. see Crooks and Archibald in their first Central London appearance together since hanging up their Spurs boots 35 years ago. Spurs show season ticket holders get an automatic ticket with priority entry, with tickets also available at live.spursshow.net. No one does Christmas like the Spurs show, except perhaps Bing Crosby and Jesus. Get your tickets at live.spurshow.net or get free entry to all our live Spurs shows at season.spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.